0: Are you looking to extend your faith in God? You're in the right place. This is a biblical and practical approach to God's words. Welcome to Be the Gospel with your host, Anthony T. Jarena. Hello, this is Anthony with Be the Gospel. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Day 8 of Heal the Sick by Brother T.L. Osborne. We are covering the chapter laying hands, laying on of hands, laying hands on the sick. Right. And so we're going to go through this. We're going to get as far as we can. And then we're going to check and see how far we can get and we can finish the entire chapter in one sitting. That'd be great. If not, we'll split it up into two days. Um, Just because I want to make sure I'm thorough enough, I go over a lot of the questions and stuff that naturally arise from the laying on of hands and even going through scripture and disproving a lot of what's been taught wrong and falsely about the laying on of hands. So let's just go ahead and get started. Jesus gave the commission to his followers to go into all the world and do it as he commanded. This commission is still in effect. Jesus promised they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Mark 16, 18. Just before he said this, Jesus said these signs shall follow them that believe and added in my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Any believer can lay hands on the sick. In the promises, the sick they shall recover. A believer does more than merely agree that the word of God is true. A believer is one who acts on the word, right? Because anybody can say, I believe, I believe, but then they don't put any um, backing to it. They can say, well, I believe, but then they don't actually show any trust in what they're saying to really show that they truly believe. And this is the problem. This is the problem in the church today because we really see what people believe when they hit a hardship, when they hit something that goes against what they profess to believe. And they see what comes out of their mouth, what comes out of their life. I, I often tell people, look, we well, see what you really believe when Everything that you say you believe is challenged because if you truly believe it, you'll hold on to what God's word says and you won't back down from it no matter what. But like I said, anybody can say, I can believe. And this is the problem. Well, I I was believing and it didn't happen. No, you weren't believing. You were hoping. And there's a big difference. Hope today means maybe yes, maybe no. The biblical word for hope, if you look it up today, actually means expectation. There's an absolute expectation that it's going to happen. It's not hope, maybe yes, maybe no. It's absolutely this is going to happen because God's word says it and God is not a liar, right? So a believer does more than merely agree that the word of God is true. A believer is one who acts on the word. God can never tell us to do something that we cannot do, right? He's not going to tell us, well, you can do this, but in reality, no, no, it's not going to work. No, (laughs) then that would make him a liar. So of course, he's not going to tell us to do something we cannot do. He's telling us what we can do and what we're capable of with him inside of us. His nature, his spirit, Jesus the Godhead, the fullness of the Godhead dwells inside of Jesus and Jesus dwells inside of you. So you can see that there's nothing impossible for God. All you have to do is trust and believe. That's simple. Obtaining the fulfillment of his promise is more a matter of obedience than of conscious trust. Trust is doing what God tells us to do than expecting God to do what he tells us he will do. And this is why I I go back to Romans chapter 4 that Abraham was fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised. That's verse 21. So when you go back and you see that this is the definition of faith, that he can trust in God because he knew God was able to do what he said and that he did do what he said see this is the major difference this is the difference between hoping and actually praying in the the, praying the prayer of trust Noah built the ark God flooded the earth so God commanded Noah to build the ark and he did it right and then he fulfilled why he told Noah to build the ark he said he was going to flood the earth and then he did it same thing with Moses Moses stretched out the rod over the Red Sea and God parted the waters. He was crying out to God. God, hey, they're they're against us. What do we? What do I do? And God says, What is that in your hand? And he was like, Oh yeah, I have this. I have this staff, this rod that He gave me in in to use in times of trouble. And so what did he do? He extended his hand over the sea, and it part. The God parted the Red Sea, and they walked across on dry ground. So Joshua marched around the walls of Jericho. God pushed down the wall. Elijah smote the waters and God parted them. Elijah threw a stick in the river and God made the iron to swim. The, the axe head, remember? Nahum dipped seven times and God healed the leprosy. Jesus said it is the believer who lay who may lay hands on the sick. It is God who will make them well. Amen and amen. Okay? If you ever think that it's you healing the person, you're off. You're glorifying yourself. You're not glorifying God. See, when we look at it, it's Jesus. It's God in us by his Holy Spirit, by his indwelling in us. It's him in us that makes us special. It's not us in him that makes him special. Listen to what I said. It's him in us that makes us special. It's not us in him that makes us special. And so when we look at or we make him special, right? We can't make him special. He's already special. He's already supernatural. And so when we look at this, we have to understand exactly who's doing the healing. We're just walking out in obedience to God's word that if we lay hands on the sick, they will recover. And as we lay hands on the sick, they recover because we're trusting in God's word that he's going to do the action to what he's asked of us to do. So if he told us to lay hands, then they recover. I have a great example of this. I was asked to go pray for a lady in, in Bolivia. She had an aneurysm and they put her into a chemically induced coma so she would not die. I get in. I tell the doctor, give me 30 seconds. I go in. Her head's swollen. She's got tubes coming out. Um, and I just put my hand on her, her foot and I said, I'm here to wake you up. Be completely healed and whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Amen. And I turned around and I walked out and the doctor was like, Uh, you're done. I said, 30. I told you 30 seconds is 30 seconds because she didn't want to let me in for five minutes. Because she was like, no, the next week is going to be 10 minutes and then 15 minutes and so on and so forth. I was like, just give me 30 seconds. She's like, 30 seconds. I go, yes, give me 30 seconds. Because I knew it wasn't me. All I was doing is going in and obeying God's word by placing my hand on her. And then it was done, right? And so I go outside and I talk to the family. I encourage them. I, I share with them what God says and that He has the last say. And so don't get into fear, but be encouraged that God has everything controlled because we obeyed. We laid hands on her. She's going to recover. I hear back. She's completely recovered. They told her she would not be able to walk again. She wouldn't be able to, to have her memory. She probably wouldn't be able to speak right. All these things. And they told me she can talk. She remembers all of us. She has all of her motor functions. She's completely healed. And she was released three days later. So you see, all I did is I went in in full confidence that God is going to do what he promised. That simple that easy don't make it more complicated james said that the believers may anoint the sick with oil and pray the prayer of trust on their behalf he says it is the lord who shall raise up the sick something right there very crucial to pay attention to the lord will raise you up right god says you do a small thing i will do a large thing you do a foolish thing i will do a wise thing you do something that only a human being can do and i will do something that only i god can do amen and amen, right? Do what God tells you to do, then expect God to do what he said he would do. That is trust. That's how simple God has made this. So let's get into T.L. Osborne's testimony about his time in India. When Jesus visited our house, we were very young. My wife, Daisy, coincidence, his wife's name is Daisy, my wife's name is Daisy, right? And I went to India as missionaries, but we could not convince the Hindus or the Muslims That Jesus Christ is God's son and that he was raised from the dead. They asked us to prove it. I read verses from our Bible to them and they had their, their Quran, which they claimed was the word of God given by the mouth of his prophet Muhammad, both books, the Bible and the Quran were beautiful black books with gold embossed letters on the covers which was God's word. We could not prove the Bible to be God's word because we did not understand trust and the need for miracles at the time. So we returned to America in what seemed to be defeat. But we had seen the masses. We knew they needed to believe the good news of Jesus Christ in order to be saved. We fasted and prayed many days for God to show us His answer to our dilemma. How we were we to help non-Christians to believe in Jesus Christ, to be, be convinced that he is more than just another religion. God answered our prayer. One morning at six o'clock, Jesus Christ awakened me in our in our bedroom. I lay before him as though I were dead, unable to move a finger or toe. Water poured from my eyes, yet I was not consciously uh, not conscious of weeping. So he was crying, and I've had this happen to me in the presence of God. He was crying and didn't even realize he was crying. Right? I was I was in a meeting, I sm- you could smell the Rose of Sharon and just the smell of roses in this huge auditorium and all of a sudden I'm looking around, I see everybody's crying and all of a sudden I feel my cheek is wet and I go to brush my cheek and, and I look and sh- I'm crying and I'm not even, uh, even aware that I'm crying so I can completely understand what he's saying here. After a, a long while, I was able to crawl from my bed to the floor where I lay on my face until the afternoon. When I walked out of the room, I was a new man. Jesus became Lord and master of my life. I knew this truth. He is alive. He is more than a religion. Soon after this awesome experience, a man of God came to our area. He had an amazing gift of healing. As we attended his meetings, we saw hundreds accept Christ. And right before our eyes, we watched him cast out devils and lay hands on the sick in Jesus Christ's name. The blind, the deaf, the dumb, the cripples were instantly healed thousand voices rolled in my head saying, you can do that. This is what Peter and Paul did. This is what Jesus did. That, that proves that the Bible is true. You can do that. As we walked out of that packed auditorium, we were overwhelmed. We began fasting and praying again. Daisy and I made a new pact with God. We re- we resolved that we would read the New Testament as though we had never read it before in our lives, and we would believe any uh, anything, everything we read. Right? So when you go back to God's word, you take your time, read every word slowly, and resolve within yourself to believe exactly what scripture says. This is what makes the difference, this is what changes everything is going back to God's word and believing his word over everything else. And so it's so amazing that, that we came to the same conclusions and we can see it here. Whatever Jesus told us to do as his followers, we would do. Whatever he, he, he said we he would do, we would expect him to do. Come on. That's a nugget for somebody right there, right? Right. We would act upon his written word just as the prophets of God acted upon his spoken word in Bible days. We would do as the first disciples of our Lord had done. If he had if he said he would heal the sick, we would expect to see the sick healed. If he if he would cast out devils, then we would do it in his name and expect them to obey us. I can never tell you what that step meant to us. The Bible become a living, pulsating Thrilling book of truth. We regarded, we disregarded all the teaching we had before. And this is the hard part for many Christians is detoxing everything that they've heard, everything they've learned, and going back to Scripture and seeing exactly what Scripture says compared to people's experiences and their and their opinions. We accepted God's word as being true and began to act on it exactly like the early Christian believers did. Through that decision, we discovered the authority we have in the name of Jesus and the power we have over the kingdom of Satan, as well as the virtue that flows through every true believer. So I would even take it a step further and I would say, the authority in Jesus who lives in me and the power that naturally comes from his nature, that naturally triumphs over darkness, just like light naturally overcomes darkness. It, uh, just, you know, just as it's saying that the power that God, that Jesus has over the kingdom of Satan, that he naturally overcomes, squashes, quells anything that the enemy might try to do, right? As well as a virtue that flows through every believer, the spirit of God in every believer, the very nature of God that has been imparted to every believer because he's made us partakers of a divine nature, his nature, okay? So at least as this latest edition of this book goes to press, I can witness that for near nearly four decades in 70 nations of the world, Daisy and I have gone in Jesus' name and have acted on the written word. And I can tell you, Daisy and I, myself, my wife and I, Um, We've been in 19 nations and we've seen over 60 different meetings that we can confirm by the people in attendance uh, that every person was healed in these meetings. If they had pain, if they had tumors, if they had broken bones, whatever the case may be. And I'm not including uh, hospital visits. I'm not including, you know, drug rehab visits and stuff like that where we've seen entire wards just healed Go back the next day, they're all gone. There's new people there. We pray for them. Go back the next day. They're all gone. New people are there. We have pictures. We have everything to substantiate these claims and even testimonies. Just people just sharing about what God is doing in our lives. And and even the team that was with us. They went from seeing, you know, one or ten people out of four hundred to seeing everyone healed just by simply trusting and believing God's word. So exactly what he's saying is 100% correct, okay? So this is back to Teal Osborne. We have preached to multitudes from from 10,000 people to over 20,000 souls daily in these mass crusades, and I've seen tens of thousands of the most amazing miracles perhaps ever seen in any Christian ministry. God's word becomes very simple when we regard every word as true and act accordingly. It's staggering truths of power and authority granted to the church become a living reality. How thrilling it is to share a gospel that works. And I can confirm this over and over and over to see a gospel that works that the the words come alive it's not theory it's not imagination it's not even vain philosophy it's it's absolute truth and and it, once it's put into action it's believed and trusted in it it becomes it comes to fruition and it becomes your reality as we constantly witness the deliverance of the deaf and the dumb and the restoring of the sight to the blind and the, and the healing of the, the lame, the crippled, the sick and diseased, we rejoice over the truth of Jesus' words all things are possible to them who believe. And it's that simple, is choosing to believe and trust God's Word over everything else, over every situation, over every circumstance. It doesn't matter what the person looks like, what they smell like, or any of that. It's simply God's Word, His truth in it all. And um, just saying that, it kind of reminded me of we were in Bolivia and they have all these homeless kids on the streets because they they they're addicted to huffing glue. They they inhale glue to get high. And so they don't shower. They 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 defecate all over themselves and and everything. And and most of them, they're 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 hurt. I mean, they're 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 missing something. So we don't give them money, but we'll give them love. We'll give them, you know, food, we'll, you know, when we're there and stuff. So. Um one of the guys we just hugged him and you could smell. I mean, like he smelt like a porta potty, but it didn't matter because God's love is overwhelming. So we hugged him and just cared for him and, and showed him the true love of God that he's accepted, he's not rejected. And it's God that was that was there in us, present in us for him, reaching out his hand in love to him. And it was just simply beautiful, simply amazing. They shall lay hands on the sick. So we're in this section now. And it says, everywhere that believers lay hands their hands on the sick in faith or in trust, the sick recover. We should expect nothing less. You know, God gave me a dream or a vision, I don't know what it was, and where he took me into a different dimension. And in this dimension, he says, everyone you lay hands on will be healed. And I was like, well, I've got to try this out. So I go into this little village and I start praying for everyone. They start lining up and and every single person's being healed. And I was like, man, this is amazing. And then there's next thing you know, there's about 100 people, you know, waiting to be prayed for. And I said, give me a second. I need to go talk to God. So I go back and I talk to God. and my like, God... How come this doesn't work in my dimension? He goes, it does. You get what you believe. And that was basically the gist of of what he was telling me and what he was conveying to me. Because whether I realized or not, I was carrying something, believing that not everyone would be healed. And so he had to come and he'd say, look, whatever you place before you, that's what you become. If you place Jesus before you, then you begin to see his life unfold in your life. If you begin to put failure in front of you, you become failure. If you put success in front of you, then that's what you become. You become successful, right? And so he goes, this is how I designed you. So when I begin to look at scripture from that perspective, I begin to realize, ah, so when I take my eyes off of Jesus, that's when I don't see 100% of the people healed. When I keep my eyes on Jesus, and this is the discipline of, of learning to, to stay focused on Jesus and glorifying Him and magnifying Him and exalting Him, then everything else works out perfectly. It's, it's beautiful and how everything starts to flow, right? So, just continue. The Bible records incidents of trust in the laying on of hands. My little daughter lies at, at the point of death. I pray, come, lay your hands on her and she will live, said Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue to Jesus. Jesus went... And took the damsel by the hand, and by this time she's dead, right? And said to her, Arise, and she arose. Hmm, interesting. Jesus saw a woman bowed over with the spirit of infirmity, and he said he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified. Now, when I read this, I was like, wait a second. He commanded, but when you go back to the harmony of the Gospels, and you see every instance of it in the Gospels, In Luke, I think it is, don't quote me on that, but in one of the Gospels, it says that he laid his, he commanded her, woman thou art loosed, and then he touched her, and then she stood up straight, and she was completely healed. So, this is absolutely correct by Teal Osborne here. The father of uh, Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux, and Paul went in and prayed, and laid his hands on him, and healed him. If you are a believer, and the nature of God is in you— Come on. He just says it plain and simple right here. This is one of the things I really push, especially in God is healer, that it's the nature of God in you. With, it, because when you see the word dunamis, the word dunamis means an inherent power by virtue of a person or a thing's nature, right? So he's pointing it out by the nature of God in you, people are healed, right? The power of God, I mean, the spirit of God dwells in you as his you are his temple the power of god is in you it is this power of god who heals the sick when hands are laid on them in jesus name come on come on now this is good good stuff good stuff right sometimes this is is accompanied by manifestations. You may feel the life of God pouring through your body, making it whole. At other times, you may feel nothing. We don't go by the feeling. We go by God's word. And this is the main thing. It makes no difference whether or not you have a feeling. The word of God is superior to your feelings. Your feelings will change depending on where your mind is at, right? It is written, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That word is always true. Whether feeling comes or not, healing always comes. A lady came to us for prayer. After the meeting, she was asked how she felt. Well, I never got blessed, she replied, but I got healed. A few minutes later, she was thinking about her wonderful healing. She became happy and felt blessed. And many people, such as this lady, expect some type of feeling or sensation when prayed for it, instead of expecting healing. So there was a guy, he would pray for, he was like, God, when I touch people, I want them to fall down. And so when he would he would go to pray for people, they would fall down, but they would get back up sick. And he said, no, no, this isn't right. I want them healed. So he started praying for them to be healed and then they were healed. And so uh, he, as he was realizing what was happening he was applying his trust for God for these people to fall out and they fell out but they weren't being healed but when he started praying for them to be healed they didn't fall out most of them didn't even blink and they were all completely healed and he was like I'd rather have the people are healed than people that just fall down right what's the point of falling down if you get back up the exact same So this is exactly what Brother Osborne is getting at here. He says, one may be healed, excuse me, one may be healed by the power of God and never feel anything. Others feel great surges of God's healing power, a heat, a coolness, or a shock as of a current of electricity. But take my advice, do not expect feeling, expect healing. And that is so good, so good. I'm going to share that on Facebook very soon. A minister said to me, I used to pray for God to cause people to fall down when I prayed for them. And he did just what I asked him to do. Most everyone I lay hands on fell. (laughs) Same story I was just sharing. So crazy. I heard it from a different guy. But he says, but I discovered that many of them would would find that they were not healed. I then began to pray for God to heal them instead of slay them. He, He said he found that. God was faithful to do what he asked him to do. Now, whether they fell or they fall or not, he said, I expect them to get healed and it is done according to our trust. He was a man who had always wanted feeling instead of healing. He came to realize this and now his ministry is far more effective. Healing is always better than feeling. Now, remember that healing is always better than feeling because many people want to feel um, something in order to be healed. And that's not how it works. You are healed because God heals you because his word is true. Okay? So let's continue. When the sick learn to base their trust on the word of God exclusively, only, right, they have won the victory. It then becomes true that nothing in the realm of feeling can ever separate them from what the word of God says. As long as you talk in terms of what you feel, you do you do not yet comprehend the meaning of trust in God's word because you're going by the evidences of your senses and what you can see, taste, smell, hear, touch, um, and you're placing that above God's word and you're calling God's word a liar, and that is scary. So let's continue on to the next section. Faith and inv- trust involves the word of God. Let us suppose that you come to us for prayer to be healed. After we prayed for you, you say, I believe I am healed. I'm so much better or I can't feel the pain. You are talking in terms of what you feel. Sooner or later, if you get a bad feeling, you will start to talk in terms of what you feel and we'll say, well, I thought I got healed, but I feel so bad. I guess I'll have to be prayed for again. You nullify your healing by believing in what you feel more than in God's word. You will notice that the people who determine whether or not they are healed by their feelings will never credit God's word. Ouch pay attention to this. If they feel good, they will say they were they are healed. If they feel bad, they will say they are not healed. They never give credence to God's word. I know many people like this prayed for them. They got significantly better, improved, were healed. And then maybe they had a bad day. They weren't feeling right. And they said, oh, it came back, you know, and, yeah, I just feel it back and I need prayer again. And it was always a, a constant struggle and fight with them because it wasn't that them, they weren't healed. They were healed. Right. And, but they were quick to be moved by their feelings over the word of God. And that's where they went off. OK, so I was taken to the room of a sick man. And when I encouraged him to look to God for deliverance from his lifelong sickness, he replied, I feel like I've, I'll be healed someday. And we hear this a lot. And I asked him why he felt that way. Well, he replied, several have received the witness that I would be healed someday. Even the pastor thinks I'll get well. And I remember that a long time ago that the Lord blessed me and he gave me a witness that I was going to be healed. He was struggling to believe for healing on the basis of someone else's, someone's witness or feeling. You see, he never mentioned the word of God As his basis, right? He never mentioned the word God is having any promise for him. Practice believing God's word. Trust in God's word wins every time, right? Because it won't fluctuate with feeling. It's a standard. It's a constant. You know, you can trust in it fully, and it will come to pass. And this is so key. It's so important that you don't base the promises of God on how you feel, because your feelings go one way, all the way one way a second, and the next second all the way the other way. So don't go based on your feelings. Go based on God's word. Trust is never feeling. Feeling is never trust. Trust has nothing to do with feeling. Feeling has nothing to do with trust. Trust constantly attributes everything to what the Word of God says, irrespective of pain, symptoms, or feelings. Suppose you come for prayer with your trust based on the Word of God instead of feelings. You are ministered to, and according to the Scriptures, by the laying on of hands, and perhaps you are anointed with oil. Then someone asks you, how do you feel? You answer them, I am healed because the Bible says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But the inquire insists, do you feel any better? Your answer is very positive, knowing that God's Word is back Uh, is, is back of what you're saying is backing up what you're saying I know I'm healed because it is written with his stripes, I'm healed. You may add, God said, I am the Lord who heals you. And that means me. The work has been done because you attribute your healing to the power and authority and faithfulness of the word of God. And the only reason you can do that is because you the, God's word is not apart from him. The only reason you can trust his word is because you can trust him. He tells no lie. He performs. He is faithful. He is good, right? He performs all his promises, he he accomplishes and watches over his word to fulfill everything. Right. So when we look at it from that perspective, we can see that we can control, we can trust his word based on his nature and his character. You may ask, but what about my feelings? Must we continue to carry on, carry our pains? No. You need not carry your pains and aches with you, ignoring ignoring them. Neither will you be untruthful about your pains. Always speak the truth, but here's the secret. Answer the inquirer with the word of God. Say just exactly what the Bible says. By his stripes, we are healed. They lay hands on me and I shall recover. Jesus said it and he cannot lie. Trust disregards everything but God's word. When the hands of believers are laid upon you, you will recover if you will only believe. Stand by God's word and God will stand by you. There has not failed one word of all his good promise. First Kings 8:56. I'm the Lord. I will speak and the word that I will speak will come to pass. Ezekiel 12 25. The word which I've spoken shall be done, says the Lord. Ezekiel 12:28. For all the promises of God in him are in Jesus Christ, are yes and in Him. Amen to the glory of God by us all. Second Corinthians one twenty, Amen. So good. So good. Great scriptures. When a believer lays hands on you in Jesus' name and earnestly pray, prays for your healing, believe the word of God believe that jesus spoke the truth when he said they shall recover they will recover when it is written they shall recover and in second corinthians one twenty, the bible says by trust you stand trust in god's word always brings the answer thank him for healing from the the very moment that the hands of believers are laid on you in jesus name see the thing is, is as we place our trust in god's word it happens it works it's not fake. His gospel, this gospel works 100% of the time in every nation, in every place, at any time, right? It's not about, oh, maybe today's your day. Today is your day. This is why I tell people, are you ready to be healed? Today, God is going to heal you. And then I pray for them and then they get healed. Not because, oh, I have such great, amazing trust. No, I don't place any confidence in myself. I don't place any confidence in my ability to trust. I place all my confidence in him, in knowing him, in knowing his character, and knowing his nature, that when I pray, I know that he is backing up everything I'm praying because he is true to his word, because it says so. He clearly says so. And I stand on that and that alone. So real quick, just to wrap this up, let's answer a couple of things that I believe are important um, that we need to get to. And for instance, one of them. What about in the Bible or scripture that says, laying hands on no person suddenly? Okay, let's go back and look at the context in Timothy, and, and you'll see that he's talking about appointing into leadership positions. He's saying, don't be quick to appoint someone um, by laying on hands and ordaining them into a position of leadership, because if they sin, then you become particular sin. Right, and there's plenty of examples in church history that that really point this out. But if you look at the context, it's not talking about laying hands on the sick because then that would go explicitly against what Jesus said. And if you have to compare one or the other, you have to go with what Jesus said over what somebody else said, like Paul. Right. So you always have to hold on to God's word, Jesus's word above it. We, like I say, Jesus's words are the supreme court of of the New Testament. So when we look at this. We have to understand that's not even what Paul is referring to. It's not even what he's talking about. So it's something completely different. So something else, as you can tell reading through these, this last couple of pages here, people fall into condemnation for saying the wrong words. And they say, oh, I need to watch what I say. I need to, I need to be careful that I say the right words. The And the truth is, if you believe it in your heart, it happens, right? You, the right words come out. If you don't believe it in your heart, then you're just saying things that you don't believe. There's no power in it. It's kind of like a manual car. If you don't push the clutch in, there's no power, right? But if you have the clutch out, which, you, which is basically you not believing right? You're just saying the right things, the the car won't move. But if you believe it and you say it, the car moves, right? Because it engages the clutch, which is the trust, and it comes in and it, it engages and then it moves the car, right? So when we see that, then we can see that even when we're saying negative things, if we truly believe those negative things, they happen, they come to pass Why? Because you just used your trust in a negative way that leads you in that direction. So you can't blame God. It's you who are using your trust in the direction for the negative. You're believing basically the devil. You're agreeing with the devil for these bad things to happen in your life or in other people's lives. And that's not okay, Right. So we have to go back to what God's word says and get his word so resolved within us that we won't be moved from his word. And it's not about just having the right confession or the right declarations, but that you truly believe. And Paul puts it this way. I believe, therefore I speak. And he says, we too, because we believe, therefore we speak. So it's not we speak until we believe. That is a false doctrine that's coming through the the Word of Faith movement, okay? So it's because you believe it, that when you speak it, you shall have it. That's the thing. Confess with your mouth. It says, believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. So what happens first? You believe it in your heart before you even say that Jesus is your Lord. That before you even begin to get to the place where you're confessing that Jesus died and, and resurrected on the third day, right? because you believe it in your heart already that he is real and he says who he says he is and he's done what he says he's done and that he's done it for you and for me, right? So when you begin to see it from that perspective, it changes everything. So it's not about having all the right words or, or formulating the right sentences. It's truly what's in your heart comes out. So the last thing and this is what when I'm ministering to people, I say what are you sensing? I don't say what are you feeling. So what are you sensing? Right? And you might say that's splitting hairs, but for me, I know that it's it's making them aware of everything that's going on in their body. And so they'll tell me, well, the pain is diminishing. i say, okay, let's pray again. And we pray again and they get better and they get better and, and then they get healed, right? Yeah, depending on how many times you need to pray. Sometimes it's one time, sometimes it's five times. I prayed as much as 12 times, right? But the person was completely healed when they left and they had no tumor, they had no sickness. They had no paralysis anymore because God finishes what he starts. Well, that's it for today. I hope this has blessed you. I hope it's encouraging you. I hope we're lining out some things to help you. And we'll go back into more scripture. We'll go back into more things as we go along. And we're going to start talking about special miracles by trust and and how that works and everything. And that's the next chapter. And that's for tomorrow. So we made it all the way through the chapter today. Yay! So it's so good. Um, If you have any questions, feel free. Leave them in the comments. Share this as much as possible. Get the word out. Other people need to detox their brains, their hearts from a lot of the false teaching and get back to God's solid word and believing his word is so that they can see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. So let me pray for you and I'll be letting you go. Okay. So father, I thank you for everyone in the sound of my voice. I thank you that all sickness and all disease and all weakness has to bow its knee now to the name of Jesus. All pain and all false pain, you go 100%. Anything that's causing the pain, you be completely healed and whole in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you that you create divine appointments for those who desire to walk out healing as a lifestyle, as, as you do, Jesus. And now as you did, that your life would unfold in their lives and that they would see us on a continual basis. So I thank you, Father, that you guide their every step. You guide them to the right places at the right time to pray for the right people that are going to open doors for them and change their lives. And I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Be the Gospel with your host, Anthony T. Jarina. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit BeTheGospel.com and on Facebook at BeTheGospelToday. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe and we'll catch you next time on Be the Gospel.